Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of Believe Podcasts and the Buzz Radio Network. Former Arkansas Razorback baseball player Tyler Spoon. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, highly questionable. Also a two-time Dan Levitard Show Sioux winner and the <laughs> former head athlete at Cornell Ferris Bain. D1Baseball.com editor Aaron Fitz. And current Razorback freshman star Devo Davis. Mr. Ryan McGee. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. Former Razorback great and current SEC Network basketball analyst, Pat the Shooter Bradley. Here are your hosts, Kyle Sutherland, Kevin Bohannon, and Porter Hayes. Welcome into the one, the only Hog Talk podcast. We are coming to you live from the Hyman Studios. I'm your host, Porter Hayes. Alongside me is Jacob Davis, and we are brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop mobile website. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Believe B L E A V to get you started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. And guys, it's been a couple of weeks since we've recorded, and I am very happy to announce that the return of the Godfather. The one who created the Hog Talk podcast, Mr. Jacob Davis. We're we're welcome back, man. Man, it feels great to be on. You know, I've been I've done spot duty here and there over the over the past two years, but it feels great to be back. It's it's crazy to think that I haven't been around in two years uh, on a on a permanent basis. Uh, a lot of things have changed. I've had a baby, uh, and. It's just it's it's awesome. Fatherhood's grand. Uh, Razorback sports is getting is 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 incredible right now to uh, to say the least. And uh, it's a good time to cover the Razorbacks. Yeah, and and kind of catch everybody up. What you've been working on, you know, for most people who don't know, you you know went to Arkansas fight and kind of became the managing editor there, and then some you know with Kyle and Cabo. Which before we go any further, I really want to give them a shout out and really, you know, appreciate everything they brought to this podcast. And I, I don't think it would be fitting that if we didn't mention that, you know, we are very grateful and for the brotherhood we got, but again, just kind of catch us up what you've been going on with Arkansas fight, all the new content and, and stuff, the craziness that's going on with, you know, the coaches and the football, you know, just kind of update us on everything going on with Arkansas fight. Yeah. So it's been a busy week, man. This is, the month of January has been a really spectacular month uh, when it comes to uh, to covering the Razorbacks. Uh, this has been really the number of hits we've had on the website. Subscribers are going through the roof. Uh, when I when I left Hog Talk and went to 
to Arkansas fight back in March of 2020, the pandemic started. And uh, I started I started as the managing editor at Arkansas fight. The, the day Arkansas beat Vanderbilt, I wrote the story uh, the, the, to, to recap the game, and I immediately started on the, uh, the South, Carolina, South Carolina preview in the SEC tournament, and they canceled everything. Dude, it took forever to find any, any content. Yeah. And we didn't know if we were going to have a football season in 2020 either. And, I mean, things, things got crazy. I moved. Uh, we sold our house, moved to a bigger house uh, out on the outskirts of uh, Grant County and Jefferson County, and and man, now we're we're living the dream out here. I enjoy it, and now I've rejoined the Hog Talk. Things are crazy, man. Uh, if you want to, uh, I'll I mean, if you if you'll let me, I'll promote that uh, Arkansas fight. You know, we've uh, we've got some pretty good content going. Porter's over there now too, uh, covering women's sports. Uh, so you'll see that on occasions. Uh, didn't I didn't cover the Sam Carter stuff today? That that kind of blew me away. I was not prepared to see Sam Carter uh, leave for Ole Miss. That caught me as a surprise. But we were pretty much on top of the uh, Kendall Brow stuff, the the uh, defensive line coach uh, was it Jamal Ashley? We were on top of his stuff, you know. And then we had Luke Koss commit, Everett Russell commit, Latavius Brini transferring in. Dude, it's been busy, and I can't wait. I can't wait to unload all this. And I'm telling you what, man, we're in a day and an age that we would have never thought of. I mean, we knew the transfer portal was going to be a hit, but coaches are going interconference. Players are going interconference. I mean, you got the guy from Georgia. He's going to the transfer portal to Alabama. I mean, things that we thought we would never see. Kids from Arkansas going to LSU. LSU kids coming to Arkansas. It's just – it's crazy to see the amount of players going to SEC schools. And, I mean, we're even seeing this in women's basketball. Mid-season, people are yeah. transferring out of Arkansas. They're transferring out of Florida. They're, I mean, these are top players. These aren't people who that are, you know, the role players. I mean, they're starters for their teams, and they're leaving captains for their teams and leaving going playing for other schools. and. It's crazy the times we're living in. You're trying to wrap your head around it, and I could just imagine being in your position, trying to stay on top of everything, right? And and, and be kind of the first that breaks this. But there's so much. I mean, like I said, you come back at the perfect time because there is so much stuff going on with the basketball team. I mean, now they're back on a a, a winning streak of sorts. You know, they finally seem like they're getting things clicked together, but yet. It still seems like they've got a ways to go when it comes to, you know, we're going to see what they're like when they play a team like Kentucky, you know, the bigger schools. So, you know, yes. I know there's been a lot of lot of concern with Chris Likes and the guard play, which has always been the three-point shooting. It's just been a crazy time, and it's almost like, you know, as we're recording, it's like you don't even know where to start, like, unraveling all this stuff with football, with the basketball team. And, you know, you got women's basketball full steam, and guess what? Baseball and softball is going to be starting in a few weeks, so it's like <laughs> right around the corner. Right around the corner, so it's like this is the perfect time, man. So, I guess what we'll do, you know, we'll start with the, you know, the, all the recruiting stuff. I mean, that's been such a hot topic, and like you said, it, I mean, how does it like with you seeing all these transfers? And and I understand they have the right to go wherever they want to go. This is not a 
they're right, they're wrong for doing it. It's just what do you think of the fact that you're seeing these players transfer to these schools inside their own conference and in in their own division? Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, watching professional football and professional baseball and basketball. You see it a lot in the NFL. Like If you look at the NFC North with Green Bay and Chicago, Detroit, and Minnesota, you, you have guys going each and everywhere. I mean, uh, it's, it's fun to watch. You're seeing this happen now within your own division, within your own conference. You're seeing Latavius Freeney. You're seeing guys like Drew Sanders. These, these guys aren't just the backup backups. These guys are bona fide stud, power five, SEC starters. I mean, Latavius Breeny, he started 11 games in the national championship season. Yeah, he got beat out. But being beat out at Georgia is different than being beat out at Arkansas, to be honest with you. I mean, Breeny got beat out by a five-star. I mean, uh, Drew Sanders, he, he, got, he was injured uh, during the Ole Miss game. Came back, he had a few – he played a couple of uh, reps at Florida and, and a couple of other games. But, I mean, Drew Sanders was a bona fide five-star uh, prospect, number one athlete in the country coming out of high school, recorded like 30 tackles last season. Uh, and, and he's going to be a good addition. I mean, you take a Hayden Henry and Grant Morgan, and that's what you're getting in, in Drew Sanders. I think the biggest question I have for you, and it's not really been talked much, is how do you think this changes the way coaches coach now? You know, I mean, recruiting never stops. Now you have to worry about these kids that were your starters. They're your captains. Now they're going to schools that you're going to see them next year. You're going to see them. They know your playbook. They know your tendencies, and they know exactly – I mean, the big thing, like if you're a linebacker, what's this guy going to do on a third down? So, I mean, what is your take on how is this going to change the philosophies of these coaches now, knowing they're not getting these role players or getting starters that know the ins and outs of their offense or defense? You know, does it really – honestly, though, I'm going to push the question back to you, though. Does it really make a difference if they – knew the folks in the program uh, that they're playing. I mean, is there is there really any kind of, uh, I don't know what you would call it, an advantage, a competitive advantage? Is there with the, with transfers coming in? I would say so because, you know, now with all your coordinators and you have all these analysts, they're watching film. You've got these guys yeah. that are on the field. You've got these guys right. that know the – the call signs. They're having to change up their yeah. call signs. The way the, the little intervals that you're having to spend, maybe what you would spend maybe five, ten minutes of practice on or, or whatever right. in the playbook. Now you're having to spend more time change just like a baseball team. Yeah. If a guy's traded, now you gotta you gotta change up your call signs. And yep. that's yep. what I'm thinking like I think of the little things, the intangibles that not many people think about that now you're having mm-hmm. to well, this guy knows on third down I like to, you know, shift a little bit to the strong side. Or on offense, we like to run a little play-action pass to the tight end. I, I know you, you watch film and you watch film, but there's times where you're holding things out in practice and you're loading it at the end of the season that these guys on the yeah. field know. You know, they know. So, I mean, and it might not be a, a, where it gives somebody like an Arkansas or a Georgia – a, a, a win. I'm just saying, what? How does that change how they they do their playbooks and they coach now, knowing right. that 
hey, this guy could quit midseason and go play for the other team next year. Yeah. We also had to think about the managing the rosters, too. I mean, you you have to you have to look at it as not being a sensitive coach, but you have to think of it in a way of how can I keep these guys happy? Yeah. It's kind of like they're 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 playing into contracts. You know, a lot of these guys are getting maybe small NIL deals and stuff, and they and they're they're seeing what other guys are getting. I mean, I'm not going to say that's what Duche and other guys are saying. Uh, seeing on the other side of things, if that's what if that's what we're thinking about here, really, honestly, it's it's gonna it's gonna be a way of being a special coach. I think that's what Pittman uh, is good at doing. He's a likable coach, a coach that guys are going to want to play for. Guys are going to want to play for Barry Odom, but they've got to figure it out though. They do. I don't really. I don't know if I have a good answer for you on that question, but it takes a it takes a special kind of communicator. I think, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the thing. Like you just, I don't know. It's crazy. I, I think about those little things when it comes to when these players leave and they go to other school and just what what that can do for a team. I mean, you look at look at Arkansas. I've I've brought up Arkansas to so many other shows that I've been on that, you know, if somebody's been helped out a lot by the transfer portal, you look at where Arkansas has been and just the key people that they've been able to get come in to help them out along with the people that they've had state. I mean, they, they've benefited just as much as anybody when it comes to this transfer portal. And I think that's a great thing for college. That is the one of the, the pros of it because it's making it to where, all these teams are starting to have almost an even advantage. Yeah, you throw the NIL into it, but the way I see it is I think that NIL stuff is going to start becoming a problem because when that money gets bigger, I think these kids are going to be looking more at the money and less of what I need to be doing on the field. And we we all know, we've covered media, we know what it's like and what it takes to be a Division I athlete and just how much time that consumes you and if you start money chasing, it's taking your focus off of what you need to be doing because you need. Right. It doesn't matter what kind of deal you get; we can get whatever we want. You still got to go produce, and that's the thing that if you're not producing, you know those scholarships, those deals are only worth how, how many ever months or how many how many ever years. So it, it's. I'm glad they're getting paid. I'm glad the players are getting stuff off their name, image, license. I've preached and I've died on the hill of when the NCAA started making this a business, that's when I thought that the players should be making money off of that because coaches are getting mega million-dollar contracts and they're sitting there not doing anything. So it's good that they're – but, again, you're going to get the pros and cons with everything. So, I mean, it's still – but in overall, I think the pros do weigh, outweigh the cons when it comes to this NIL, the transfer portal stuff, because look at the success Arkansas's had. Right. And just to piggyback off one of the first things you said, it just popped in my mind. The fact that you watch some of the opponents that you play and you're thinking, man, I wish I could have that. It's becoming a reality. It is. That, yeah. I mean, the transfer portal is it, such a great thing. And I know a lot of people don't like the portal because the portal giveth and the portal taketh away. Yep. But, but I mean, Arkansas is getting it right now. And, and you know, I, I think about 
going back to the Darren McFadden days or the Matt Jones days, and they're thinking, you know, if, if Matt Jones or Darren McFadden weren't on the Razorback team and they were somewhere else, you know, it would devastate a program. And, boy, I wish I could have the guy like Darren McFadden. Wish I could have a guy like Felix Jones. Wish I could have a guy like Matt Jones on our roster. And, and, you're, and you're thinking about, man, I wish we could have a guy like Drew Sanders on our roster, a guy that's a really good linebacker, that, that is a great edge rusher, a guy that you can uh, depend on to make a sure tackle. You, it's become a reality. You, your dreams are becoming a reality now because you can actually go out there as soon as these guys hit the portal and say, you can make this team better. And that's the great thing about it. Look at LSU. You know, Joe Burrow. Oh, yeah. You know, look what happened to OU, you know, with, with they got Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. I mean, it, it's crazy that some of these teams like LSU won a national championship from – a kid from Ohio State. And then you look at Justin Fields went from Georgia to Ohio State and took them to a national yeah. championship game. It, it, it's, cra- it's crazy that one player – I didn't think, you know, in the grand scheme of college football that would one player could make a huge difference on a, on a football team like basketball. But we're seeing with Burrow, with Fields, with the Baker Mayfield, that it, it really does make a big difference when it comes to – Winning a national championship, or if you're not getting to the college football playoff, you're making it to the college football playoff. Yeah, and it's making a big difference. And I, I make outlandish predictions, and I pay for it a lot. But Arkansas, the way they stacked their roster with the talent, the talent they brought in, I'm expecting them to make a jump from a nine win to at least a 10 win season. They definitely people, have the talent. People called me crazy. Yeah. People called me crazy. <laughs> they said, Jacob, there's no way this team's finishing eight and four. How many of those people seen nine wins five. this year? Yeah. Be, obviously, I said, man, I'll, they'll be great with five and seven or six and six. I said, why be complacent when you can go when you when you can go eight eight and four and and have a chance at a January first bowl game? And they did that. Man, I think it was so funny that when when Kendall Browles turned down the Miami job and the Miami people could not Mike Ryan. I mean, I love the Dan Lebitard show. I watched that all the time and he was a big producer of the show. And he's now, uh, if I'm correct, he's leaving Dan Lebitard show and he's going to be on the Dan Patrick show, but he just couldn't fathom. And I mean, it really struck a Twitter war. He really got introduced to Arkansas Twitter. Like he was like, Oh, browse was never offered and you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's like you just said. Everybody's like, why would he stay at Arkansas instead of going Why not? Why not Arkansas? And these players, I, I think when it comes to the yeah. transfer portal, they're saying, why not? They see a culture, and they're like, I want to go to a place where – and they see, you know, the good and the bad side of Arkansas Twitter. Yes, we're they're fanatics. It's one of the most fan bases, I mean, extreme fan bases. They love Arkansas. And they see the love that if they choose to come to Arkansas, I mean, people just flood their DMs, they flood their t- social media, and then they welcome them, and they're always a Razorback. Look at Felipe Franks when he come in and what the year he oh, yeah. had and how they welcomed him, and, you know, they were cheering for him as he went to the Falcons and stuff. And that's – I think people are seeing that and the coaching staff of the fact that this whole university – I've said – I've been covering the women's sports for three years now – and I have seen from Hunter Yurchek all the way down 
to every single program, the, the culture that is being built. And I know the word culture is being thrown out a lot, but you only hear it in programs. This is the first time where I've really seen it as a whole university and the coaches and the players and the staff is built into the same culture. They're, they're in their own little pods of the baseball, the basketball, the soccer, the softball. But you're winning nine SEC championships last year. You're getting teams like – look at the softball team. Got a number one recruiting class in the nation for the 2023 class – or 2022 class. Five years ago, the girls that they're recruiting didn't even know Arkansas had a, had a softball team. The soccer team, you know, back-to-back-to-back SEC championship games. Five, six years ago, they were, you know, they were at the bottom of the SEC. You got Colby Hale come in and change it. Look at what Mike Neighbors has done for the women's basketball program. We've seen the same spot that, you know, with the men's and the football team, you know, at the bottom of the SEC. And you, it, it's, it's almost like contagious. If you want to come in and you want to be a part of this program, you've got to be a part of this whole university. And I really applaud Honey Urchek for really setting that tone because he, he, when we had him on the podcast, he said, uh, you have to lead by example. And if there's a game in Fayetteville, no matter what sport, I'm going to be there. Because if they see me there, they're going to see that I care just as much about them as I do any sport. And that is rare. You've talked to all the coaches that we've had on, and they say that every other school they've been to, it, it's not like that. And for them to come here, that's what's going to make Arkansas a special program because – not only are they going to get the players to come in because of the culture, they're going to get coaches. Kendall Browns, he called Sam Pittman. He wanted to come to Arkansas. That's what it gets lost in the transition of when they're wanting to know why Kendall Browns turned down the Miami. When Sam Pittman got hired, he went to him about coming and playing and coaching for Sam Pittman. So that's a thing. Like I said, it gets lost in the transition of the storyline with Coach Browns and him really wanting to play for Coach Pittman. It, but it's contagious, and like you said, things are already starting to happen in Arkansas. And I'm telling you, give it a couple of years, and we're going to see multiple national championships in different sports here here at Arkansas. Oh, absolutely, I agree with that. So I guess now let's go over to the basketball side of things. Uh, you know, Arkansas kind of got off to a slow start in conference play, and now they've kind of picked it up and had a huge win against Texas A&M. I mean. It's crazy to think that, you know, you lose Note going into overtime and you're like, oh, my goodness, how are they going to, you know, sneak this win out? And they're starting to win these games that in the past they probably wouldn't have won. And here it's almost like last season all over again. You know, they went two and four. Now this year they were like 0-2, oh, 0-3. Oh, now they're getting that win streak back. And it, what is it about this team that just takes so long to – click and mesh and, and turn things around you know is it is it the fact that they have these transfers and and they're just trying to figure it out do you does it really take 16 17 games for the season to figure it out obviously that's a, that's a good part of having so many men majors on the uh, on the schedule early on but they i mean they did play i mean when you when you schedule these games out you look at kansas state and they're they're Coached by Bruce, was it Bruce Weber at Kansas State, who who does a pretty he's a pretty daggum good coach. He has a good track record over the years. I mean, you can't help that Kansas State's not a uh, not a great school. And then you have uh, they played Cincinnati, Cincinnati as well. Cincinnati, 
yeah, Cincinnati. I couldn't. I was. I was trying to think of the name, and and they're traditionally a pretty good, solid program. Uh, usually ranked. I mean, before their head coach left to go, their former head coach went to uh, UCLA. I mean, those were two solid wins. You got them on neutral courts, and then you you go on the road uh, to Tulsa in a neutral court and played Oklahoma, and and that game it was just really weird. And it was something that you would see in the middle part of the season where Arkansas would – they would get down by seven or eight. They'd climb right back in. And then they'd have another turnover, and after another turnover, after another turnover, they found themselves down by ten again. And then they they claw back up, and then they would they would get run out of the court. Because they would I – mean, obviously, it, I played basketball. You played basketball. Making runs in basketball game, multiple double-digit – runs in a game is hard to do when you're trying to come back and and it it will it will wear on you and especially when you do it in back-to-back-to-back games like they did against OU they did it against Hofstra they did it against Mississippi State uh they did it against Vanderbilt um and then and then they finally figured it out I think what happened was they finally figured it out against Texas A&M the defense uh the defense really turned it on and, and you gotta you gotta give it up to them because the last four games, they have uh, held their offenses, uh, the opposing offenses, to like eight to ten points below their average each game. That's been the oppressive thing, is the defense has been is clicking. They, they had the offense going early on in the season. Now they're figuring out on the defensive side of things. They're, they're figuring out what they were bad at and making it into positives. And I, think that's, I think that's what's helping them uh, in this four-game winning streak. I think another thing that happened too was you know that you, you try to automatically ride off the success of last season, and, and you automatically yeah. think that you know Elite Eight we're bringing all these guys back. Yes, we're adding some pieces in, but we're, we're you know we went to the Elite Eight. We're going to come out. We're going to come on fire, and they got humbled. I, I, I think that OU yeah. game humbled them. The Hofstra game humbled them. You know, and they got into a, a bit of a hole where they. It took. It's almost like Mike Tyson's punch out. You know, when you get hit a couple of times and you go into that pink screen and you're sitting there just huffing and puffing. I think it really took them time to really be like get themselves together and be like, what is going on? This is not supposed to be happening. And then you get it together. And then of course you know with Musselman getting hurt and hurt his shoulder and you know he had to step away for a few games and. I think they finally got their groove back. I think they finally started to believe in each other, knew their roles, because just because look at Devo Davis. I mean, you everybody thought he was just going to come in and average eighteen to twenty points a game this year, and it's almost like it wasn't happening. You get down on yourself, but then you got to realize, okay, you still play a role. You still can contribute, whether it's if you're passing or blocking or rebounding. And I think now we're seeing that. They're coming together, and they're coming together at the right time because they didn't dig themselves too big of a hole in SEC play where now, you know, because here we are back, and they're already back in the conversation the first four out. So it's not – but you've got a big stretch coming up, you know, know, next game's up. So it's really going to keep it up. You've got a big non-conference game against West Virginia. I think um, that's going to be a big key of keeping things rolling and and getting a good win streak going on because – Another thing I've said when it comes to college basketball, you know, in the eyes of committee, they really take emphasis into that final 10 games. You know, they always show that graphic. How did they finish the season, the final 10 games of the season? If did they go 
seven and three or three and seven. So you, you keep that momentum going, but also realize you're going to slip. You're going you're going to lose some games. Don't let that take that one loss into a three game skid. You know, get that loss, come back, and then try to bounce back. Yeah, and then the big question is they play Auburn in two weeks. Auburn travels to Fayetteville, and uh, they're. I think they're the best team in the country, to be honest. At this point in the season, they they just look like the team to beat. But when you when you go into Bud Walton and and when you're like a nationally ranked top three team, it is hella hard to uh, to to win a game in Bud Walton. Yeah, I guarantee you Tuesday that Tuesday night it will be rocky. Well, Jacob, that will push us up to our break, man. And after the break, after our word from our sponsors, we'll keep this talk about the basketball going on, and we'll we'll even break down some women's basketball and some and baseball talk after the break. your timberland needs in south central arkansas with over 50 years in the industry shelby taylor trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry from planting to harvesting to hauling your timber shelby taylor trucking is ready to serve you follow them on all social media platforms at shelby taylor trucking learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com that's staylortrucking.com Tackle your to-do list without breaking your back or getting your hands dirty by calling Heinemann Services. Located in Northwest Arkansas, Heinemann Services is your premier company to get those projects done that you've been putting off. Whether small remodels, lawn care, carpentry, and much more, they take care of you in a timely manner with exceptional customer service. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. And we welcome you back to the Hog Talk podcast. And Jacob, while we're you know talking about our, our sponsors, man, we, we just you know pull, pulled out our new sponsor in Shelby Taylor Trucking. But we also have a big announcement that oh, you you have another sponsor to to tell us about McCoy Tiger. Yeah, McCoy Tiger Drugstore in Sheridan, Arkansas, at eight two one North Rock Street. They're your place to uh, pick your prescriptions up. You can also get Tuxedo Reynolds. You can find any kind of gift. Baby gifts, wedding gifts, uh, uh, any kind of any kind of shirts. We have a, a huge Razorback uh, gift shop in there too. Uh, if you are interested in anything, I guarantee you, McCoy Tiger Drugstore has got it. They are at eight two one North Rock Street in Sheridan, Arkansas. Their phone number is eight seven zero nine four two five one two one. If you haven't heard about them, you've heard about them now. They're the greatest gift shop and pharmacy in uh, South Central Arkansas. Come see him in Sheridan. And we can't forget about our friends at A-plus Insurance, Marcus Berry and Melinda Gregory at 312 West Commercial Street in Ozark, Arkansas. Been a podcast sponsor for us for over a year now, so we really want to reach out to them, thank them for being a proud sponsor of the Hog Talk podcast. For all your insurance needs, whether it be home, auto, or life, reach out to Marcus Berry and Melinda Gregory at 479-667-3626. And Jacob, continuing on with our basketball talk, you know, we got, like you said, you mentioned the big game coming up against Auburn. We talked about the game against uh, West Virginia, but I, I was thinking about this question, and this is, it brings in basketball and football at the same time, and it's kind of a, a, a question I want to ask you. If you could pick 
one game to win? Like, what do you think means the most to Razorback Nation? Beating Texas in football or Kentucky in basketball? Ooh. For older fans? In general, yeah, yeah, yeah. In general, yeah. For older fans, it's going to be Texas. For fans my age right now, beating the beating the brakes off Kentucky is the most satisfying thing. I don't care if they were nine and sixteen last season; it was great seeing Arkansas. Uh, they they were whooping whooping on Kentucky last year, but man. There's nothing like beating Texas, and, and in football, and you had so many years of misery. I think I think in uh, Texas still leads the series like fifty six to to twenty eight. But man, once they join the SEC, I I'm gonna have that date circled every single year and go uh, go watch a game uh, with Texas uh, in Fayetteville every year because there's nothing like beating those guys. I hate them. It's it's a it's a hatred uh, that that's generational. I mean, it was passed down from my uh, my late uh, grandfather who was a huge Razorback fan. Hated hated the mess out of Texas. So yeah. I would rather beat Texas. And, and I'm in the same boat because I know everybody says, well, the older fan base, you know, yeah. picks Texas over Kentucky, which it is a toss-up. I mean, we've seen some really good games in, in you know, Bud Walton Arena against Kentucky, you know, with the Qualls dunk. And then when Calipari got kicked out, just the atmosphere. Oh, yeah. And I think the atmosphere of it being indoors kind of gives it a little bit of the edge. But I'm telling you, I, I was in Fayetteville the day of the Texas game, and – I don't remember a, a time where I've ever seen it that hyped all day. It was a mm-hmm. night game. It took me an hour. I was just I, I was at work and I was driving around, and it took me an hour to get from going up Razorback Road, circling around where the SEC had all their trailers, and then back down around the softball on the soccer field. An hour. There was that many people. This was the day before the game. Wow, that's nuts. I mean, it was nuts. And then the day of the game, I was over at the Walmart on Martin Luther King, and it took me probably 30 to 45 minutes to get over to Huntsville. I mean, it, I mean, on the other side of the Walmart neighborhood market and then going out towards Elkins. There was just that many people there in the atmosphere, and for them to pull out the game, it was almost like that. It was like a wake-up call and an introduction to the newer generation of, this is what it's like to play Texas. Get ready for when they come to the SEC. Oh yeah, that that was that night was special. You were talking about you don't remember a night. There was the game against Alabama in 2010, and I remember that game well because that 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 crowd that was there. They saw Arkansas almost tame that giant. What if Arkansas had beat? that 2010 Alabama team and they, they weren't great by any means. They were the defending national champions that year, but man, that, that was one of the memorable uh, home crowds that I remember, but the Texas crowd this year, there was nothing like it. There hasn't been anything like that in a long time in Fayetteville. You you just think of the, the football program as a whole, where it would have been if they would have beat Alabama and then would have beat Ohio state in that sugar bowl. I mean, what those those things combined would have done for this program. But then again, would we be where we're at now? You know, everything right. has a price. Would you – and oh, yeah. I guess that's a thing we could – would you trade beating Alabama and winning that Sugar Bowl for where we're at now in our program? I mean, it, it, it's a tough question to ask, but it's like 
you, you see what's coming at Arkansas right now. You you see mm-hmm. the the volcano is, is is building up, and that Razorback football program is about to explode. So, I mean, would you tra- would you change or trade certainty of Arkansas beat Alabama and they win that Sugar Bowl game, opposed to what we see in the future of what's happening not only in football but I mean every program here at the university. I think we lost Jacob there for a second, but you know, as as we're talking about it, you know, it, it is a good question. It is something to think about when you're talking He's about the. Go ahead. Uh, we got you back. Got you back. If you would have saw me playing playing with my beard, you would have saw my wheels turning. <laughs> the success, <laughs> the success right now to me is so much sweeter. Just because we're we're seeing where Arkansas has come from, it's taken a decade to bounce back to to this point in, in program history. Yeah, the Sugar Bowl win over Ohio State would have been sweet. The Alabama game would have been sweet. I mean, if we had if they had beaten Alabama in 2010, there may not have even been a Sugar Bowl game. There could have been. I mean. You don't know. They could have gone somewhere else. They could have rematched uh, Auburn in the national championship game, if you think about it. Uh, there's just so many things to think about. But, I mean, I don't think the – I don't think any of those games back then would have kept Bobby Petrino from running the motorcycle yeah. off the road. Yeah. Motorcycle, <laughs> yeah. Air quotes. Motorcycle, that, that, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. We're, 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 that, that's, that's the story. He was over we, at we Cross's eating him a Hoosburger. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> we, we, we don't know the absolute truth. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we've heard, the, we've heard the rumors over the years, but, but this, this taste of success, the success that is being done the right way, the back-to-back 2-10, zero-win SEC seasons, the success that we've seen in the rapid turnaround that has been under Sam Pittman is so much sweeter because we watched it. The, the thing I want to ask you, too, this is another thing. It's like, you know, you've always had success in maybe football, but not basketball. Yeah. Or basketball, but not football. And then you've seen what the baseball team's doing. As a diehard fan, you know, how does it feel like, man, year-round you're getting success and you're just getting this high yeah. of – the football season nine wins. Now the basketball team's starting to come through. You know the baseball team's going to be killer. And then you throw all the women's sports that's had success and the women's basketball, the soccer team winning their SEC championships. You know, the defending SEC regular season champions with Courtney Neifel and the softball team just right around the corner. It's like the excitement never stops. I mean, how is that right. as, as a feeling like you're like, man – you kind of want to sit back and relax and enjoy the season and reflect, but it's like, when do you have time to do that other than the summertime, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and the, the funny thing is, uh, <laughs> after that Auburn game uh, where Bruce Pearl said, man, we're at everything school. Y'all aren't at everything no. school. <laughs> I mean, y'all are more of a, traditionally y'all are more of a football school. And then you go into basketball, and you're lucky because you have Bruce Pearl. He's a great, great in-game coach, a, a fantastic recruiter. Baseball stinks. You've got a 
a gold medal gymnast on your on your on your gymnastics squad. Yep. I'll give you that. Uh, women's basketball is not very good. I mean, I don't pay attention to Auburn's women's softball or anything. But uh, you, you look at Arkansas and the fact that they are an everything school. Every single uh, sports program in Fayetteville right now has been ranked, except maybe one. Yeah, you know, in the past calendar year, that's impressive. Well, and, and when you don't have all the programs like the schools out west do, and, and some of the schools on the east coast, and get in to yeah. be ranked eighth in the directors' cup as an overall program in the fall sports season, that shows you a lot. And and the best is yet to come in the spring. Yeah. With the baseball, the softball, you know, track and field, you know, if they get everything rolling, I mean, and I know a lot of people really don't pay much attention to that director's cup, but what that is, is it's an accumulation of every program in, in the sports world of, and they take all their cumulative scores, but you, there's a lot of schools out West that have a lot of different programs uh, that like, I mean, let's take, say for instance, you know, fencing and rowing and, the volleyball, I mean, there's, you know, Arkansas has it, but they have men's volleyball. They have the rowing. I mean, there's so many other programs and, and athletic programs that the, the people don't realize that are out there that they get credit for. So, I mean, you look at the disadvantage Arkansas has of what programs they don't have and still finishing eighth in the Director's Cup, That's it's a really proud moment for the university as a whole. And it just shows you what's coming up. And I'm very excited for this baseball team. And, I mean, it just seems like Dave Van Horn can just – he can just go pick whoever he wants and they're a star. Isn't that how – isn't that how great – like, Dave Van Horn has just done a fantastic job. He's been there for so long. He's produced so many division – I mean, not division one players, but but so many guys in, in the major leagues or even just the minor leagues. He has he has made this program, this baseball program, a powerhouse. And outside their Vanderbilt, because, I mean, obviously it's hard to out, uh, out-recruit Vanderbilt. They just have so many great advantages over there. Arkansas, man, they're close. And we've been talking about it for so long that Arkansas is so close to winning a national championship. It has to be Dave Van Horn's year some at some at some point. It's got to be his season. Yeah. And, and right now, outside of pitching, you had no question marks on this roster right now. You don't have Kevin Copps. You're you're down Peyton Paulette. Who who are the guys that you're going to have step up? You've got a Hagen Smith, uh, a true freshman stud. You've got a Connor Nolan who's been there for four seasons. Is this his? This is his last time. This last go around. Is he going to have his shining moment this year? Um, you you look at maybe some guys like Tyler Cacciatore. Is he going to be able to figure it out? Uh, he's he's from Sheridan. He's a big time. Uh, uh, he was a big time prospect. He's a big guy. You have so many returning guys, but who's going to stand out? and put on a performance every single night. Yeah, and that's it's 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 coming. You know, you got the guys yeah. like Robert Moore coming back and Wiggins coming back. You know, you got the arms, you got the talent all around the horn coming back and you know you're you're missing Opitz. Yeah. You know, that's another one that you you know you're going to have somebody kind of step up and fill that role, that captain spot and but 
that's the thing, the beauty of what Dave Van Horn has done. It's almost, minus all the national championships, it's, it's, it's almost like what Nick Saban's done at Alabama of it's just plug and play. You know, these yeah. kids, we look at the, the jump that, um, oh, goodness, his name is, oh, the, the pitcher, um, Isaiah Campbell. You, know, you look oh, at yeah. the jump in between, you know, his last year on campus and where he was the year before. And it was like yeah, we're kind of hoping that jump. with Connor Noland and, and how he just kind of dropped off a little bit. And there was a lot of pressure on him. So I'm thinking that this year is going to be his year to where he has the potential of making that Isaiah Campbell type of jump. And then, of course, last year, I mean, it was just the Kevin Cobb show when it come to the pitching. Yeah. And it was almost unfair that you could use a starting pitcher, per se, two times in a series – because he'd come in and, and close the game out. I mean, and, sh- yeah. and I've never seen it, – it's been a while since I've seen a pitcher, maybe a David Price or, or the Roth kid from South Carolina when they won their back-to-back national championships. But to a dominant performance where a guy just shut teams in, in the, the toughest conference in the country. And that's another thing people are not realizing. We're talking about all this success that Arkansas is having in these sports – and they're playing them in the biggest division in the biggest conference in the country, and it's not just a football school. I mean, you've got a bunch of good basketball teams, baseball program that are – I mean, I think there's four or five teams ranked in the preseason poll for the um, baseball, you know. I mean, Vandy's always there, LSU, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Arkansas. I mean, all them Tennessee. schools, Tennessee. Yeah, that, that whole matchup with Tennessee and Arkansas, and that's – you want to talk about a rivalry that I look forward to. That is the newest, hottest rivalry that I can't wait. Ever since what happened over there in Knoxville last year, just I can't wait for them to play again. And it's crazy. Yeah. I wish they would play two times, two series a year. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's just that exciting. <laughs> because there's so much love and respect between the two coaches, but yet there is so much drive for Vitello to beat Dave Van Horn, you always want to try to up the master. You know, he, he yeah. he's the master, you're the student, and he wants to overtake it. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be one of the most intriguing seasons, I think, for the baseball team because there is – it's almost like the basketball team. You know, they're riding so much success, and that expectations for them is Omaha or bust now. And if they don't yeah. make it to Omaha, so – do they drop off or do they have the horses, like you said, in the pitching to, to really propel them and, and possibly get them? Because that's what lacked. I mean, North Carolina State took full advantage of Arkansas in that series. And, I mean, Kevin Copps did the best he could. But, I mean, he can't be perfect. And it really ended up costing the, the whole series to kind of turn around. But – I think that's the biggest question mark. They got to get to where they can know you lock down a Friday night starter, and then hopefully, in between, you know, Wiggins and Nolan and Vermillion, you know, these guys that were doing you know relief roles, they can, can they come in? And we were talking about earlier in the podcast of how does that change philosophy of coaching? If you can get a guy like a closer to come up and be not a, maybe not as effective as Kevin Cox because I don't think we'll ever see that again. No. But somebody that you can count on two games in the series to come in and gift you four or five innings, that that might be a new way of how, how things how coaches look at their pitching staff. Instead of using a guy as a starter for six, seven innings, 
you split him up for two games, maybe that wins you a couple more series a, a season. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the a guy that I want to watch this year, and I remember Cabo, he – he would nag at me about my man crush on Jackson Wiggins. You, you remember that? Yes. I, I love Jackson. It's, you I always seem to pick man. somebody. It was Mason Jones. Now it's Wiggins. Oh, yeah. You know, you you always got your man crush. Oh, man, I love Mason Jones. So those were just – he was so good. And I picked him out the year that he, be, he became a Razorback. I was just a huge fan of Mason Jones. Uh, and then the whole Jackson Wiggins thing. I don't know if it's just the hair or the velocity that he can throw, like, <laughs> pitches at. But, I mean, he's, he's my new guy. Definitely my, my new guy. And I'm also getting – I mean, I didn't get to mention it earlier in the podcast, but Jalen Williams is about to come. Like, I'm a stand. Like, that he is becoming what I thought he could be, a guy that's, that's really turned it on uh, and a good – uh, number two score for Arkansas. He's becoming a- a- absolutely what he needed at the right time. But uh, and and I want to also give a shout out. I'm, I'm trying to get all my shout outs as quick as I can. I want to give a shout out to Mike Neighbors. That guy. I at one point I didn't think Arkansas was going to be able to come out of their slump. To say it wasn't like they were just having a terrible slump. They just didn't start out very well in conference play. But they're shooting great. I think uh, they shot, was it 58% from the mm-hmm. field the other night, quarter yep. against Alabama? Yep. And shot then, the they, three well. then they pulled away. Then they uh, pulled away from uh, Mississippi State on Sunday. Those girls, he has those girls playing straight right now. Uh, Amber Ramirez, the target. I mean, she she can hit it. You got Michaela Daniels, the, uh, what did you call her? Uh, the, the gunner. The gunner, yeah, yeah the sniper. Ramirez is a sniper, sniper and a gunner. gunner. Yep. Yeah, I knew. I wanted yep. to. I wanted to make sure I had them right. But yeah, uh, Michaela Daniels is doing her thing, and you have uh, Sasha. Sasha, go for it. Yeah, she's really coming in her yeah. own. And I will tell you what, yeah, someone that really started off hot kind of went back a little bit. And now she's starting to get her her strength again, and, and that's Samara Spencer. I mean, she has yeah. come on and just she is a dog. She reminds me yeah. of Michaela her freshman year. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's just – and Michaela, you know, she's turning back into freshman form. She's having some shooting woes right now, but, I mean, she's showing that back in her freshman year she could get you 30 points if she needs right. to. You know, a lot, and, and that was the thing coming into this season. They have so much size and length with Wolfenbarger and go mm-hmm. forth. But I'll tell you what, Riley Langerman is a dog on defense. She – I'm telling you what, you want to talk about the – I'm telling you, you want to talk about the Grant Morgan – of the women's basketball team, and that's Riley Langren. I mean, she has so much heart. She loves playing for the Hogs, and I'm telling you, what, she will. Do, she doesn't care if she gets two points or twenty. She right. goes out there and she hustles, scraps, and I'm, I'm very fortunate that I'm actually going to be able to get to go to the game Thursday. I've been out, you know, with work, and then you know I was in quarantine a couple of weeks ago and stuff, and I hadn't been able to get up to Bud Walton, but I've been following the team just like I have, you know, for this is my third year covering right. the team. So I'm really looking forward to getting up there to watch them play LSU. They got a big game against Kim Mulkey and company coming yeah. over from Baylor to LSU. I mean, that's going to be a huge game. Big key game because they, they're riding the win streak of their own, and LSU just come off a loss to Florida. So, I mean, it, it, yeah. you don't know what you're going to get out of that team. It's always a scrappy 
But we're talking about SEC and conferences, man. You got Shea Raff come in at uh, from UConn, player at UConn, coach at Vandy. You got mm-hmm. Kelly Harper taking the role at Tennessee and what she's done there. I mean, yeah, you have Vic Schaefer leave, but then you bring in Kim Mulkey from Baylor to LSU. There's so many coaches. Don Staley at South Carolina. I mean, that you weren't talking about a stat conference. He's putting she is putting I'm a heck you. of a program together down in South Carolina. She is, and I I don't like really giving them too much props, but you you've gotta <laughs> you, you really gotta take your fan hat off and yeah. really respect what Don Staley's right. doing there at South Carolina. You know, she's trying to she's trying to chase the goat, but I tell you what, Gino, it's going to be hard to catch Gino and what he's he's done for UConn and what UConn women did. The, the, I'll tell you what, I was very fortunate to go to a UConn Tennessee game in 1998, and that was in the height of Gino and Pat Summit. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is they, the Mississippi State game you were talking about. They were playing. We back for you know we back Pat. South Carolina played the game tonight. Mm-hmm. You know with with Pat Summit and the Alzheimer's and stuff like that. I mean. That was a legendary coach. And being a UConn women's basketball is where I got my start of women's sports. My dad was stationed in the military in Fairfield, and I got to go watch it. But as much as we hated that rivalry and we didn't want Tennessee to beat UConn, we respected the crap out of Pat Summit and what she did for women's basketball. And I I think it's such an honor to be able to see – the honor that they give her and really bringing awareness to Alzheimer's and stuff like that. But yeah, coach neighbors, man. I mean, an Arkansas guy, you know, this is his dream job and loves being here. And it's been really cool watching this program grow, just like all the other programs that we've watched. I think when I had, we had coach Hale on, I was talking about the foundations and it's almost like with the softball team, the soccer team and the women's basketball team, it's like, you have the foundation already set with Chelsea Dungy, you know, um, oh, goodness, uh, toll-free, Alexis toll-free. Yeah. Then you have Parker Goins, Anna Potogil, you know, what uh, Braxton Burnside, Lenny Malkin, and Gibson have done for the softball team. It's like they've set the foundation, and they're all in the same spot, the same status of their program, and we're all ready for all three of those programs and every program to take flight at Arkansas because I'm telling you, you get some of those teams win national championship, and then you get football rolling, basketball rolling. It's going to be a very – you're going to see a lot of people going to these games all year round. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is an exciting time, Porter, to to be a Razorback fan. I mean, there there's nothing like getting in the stands, calling the hogs, going to work, talking at the water cooler and, and amongst yourselves about how great uh, things are going. Uh, and, and nothing really – you really don't have anything negative to say right now. It's just a fun time. And it's a great time to be a fan. And it's an exciting time uh, because you have so many uh, successful sport programs going on right now. And, and I think Arkansas is, Arkansas is in prime time right now to be one of the premier schools in the country when it comes to sports. Well, Jacob, man, it's already been an hour. It's crazy. First episode back, brother, and it's it, it's man, been uh, it's it's flown by. by, and it's been really good. I'm glad to have you back. I'm glad. I know our fans are going to be excited to have you back again. Before we go, sh- uh, tell everybody where they can find Arkansas Fight on social media and and. and the, the website where they can read the articles and all that as we, yeah. as we hear intro. 
yeah, you can hear our, uh, you can, I mean, hear, you can read all our uh, content at Arkansas Fight, www.arkansasfight.com. You can also find us on on uh, Twitter at Arkansas Fight. And you can also find me on Twitter as, at, at Jacob Scott Davis. And it's not hard to find the ugly redheaded guy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can, you can find me on there, guys. And I appreciate y'all. Uh, appreciate you, Porter. Let me be back on. Well, it's a pleasure, man. I'm glad to have you back, and we're excited. We'll be back next week, you know, for another episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. That will do it for Jacob Davis. I'm Porter Hayes, and again, we are presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.